Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. A donkey eat and a donkey eat a palace. <laughs> There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing about <laughs> Since Brian Carroll is in studio here with me, the, the, the right place to start, Brian, is congratulating Offaly for a change. Because I think he, since you start contributing to this show, we haven't had too much to, to shout about from an Offaly point of view. I know it's only Christy Ring. I don't <laughs> want to patronise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose consecutive uh, relegations didn't help. And um, I know, look, in fairness to the guys, I think they learned from their mistakes last year. You know, not getting to the Christy Ring final last year uh, was a big blow to Offaly Hurland. Um, and in fairness to Michael Fenley and his backroom team, you know, Johnny Kelly, you have to remember, is in there. Excellent coach. Manager Paddy obviously knows him so well, as I do myself. And, um, you know, they got things right this year. They put a lot of consistency in their team. Um, not too many chopping and changing. I suppose they got to see a lot of players in awfully last year. And, you know, they got things right, as I said. And they were very comprehensive. They played eight games this year and won all eight games. They averaged 39 points. But as you said... Uh, Let's just, they're too good for the Christie ring. We exactly, <laughs> exactly. But the, uh, probably the big win this year, and Christie ring was important to get back up to Madonna, but I think the big one was winning the, the Division 2A League, which puts them back up to Division 1. Because they did beat uh, Antrim and they did beat Kerry in, in those games. So like that, that was a big thing, and, and Carlo as well. So you know, getting back up to Division 1 hurling was probably the real big thing for next year. Yeah. But the only, the only worry I'd have, Woolley not alone for Offaly and these other teams you've seen it happen with Mead you see Antrim going up to up to Leinster Championship coming straight back down it's the yo-yo effect that a lot of these teams are put through Leash have been I won't say lucky but they've done well to stay up in the second year they were probably lucky the fact that there were six teams now in Leinster so there's a bit of an issue there for these Joe McDonough Christy Ring teams where you know it's a yo-yo year on year off kind of a thing and that's something that needs to be looked maybe at, at, at a higher level Yeah it's an All-Ireland semi-final weekend we can't get into that because it is a difficult uh, st- you know it's difficult to know how to fix that Michael Fenley says uh, Paddy I think the Christy Ring the Laurie Marr and Nicky Rackard competitions are kind of being forgotten about and suppressed let's be honest about it the promotion of it is very very poor 
that falls under GEM Broadcasting Company. Something has to be done about it. Now, if Michael Fenley said that, that to me, I'd turn around to Michael Fenley and say, here, Michael, before you managed Offaly in the Crystal Ring, what interest did you have in those three competitions? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it only hits you when you're a part of it. But, um, you know, and you can put Joe McDonough into that as well. Like, you know, I, I don't know enough about those Joe McDonough teams. And I think if it was on the television more, I, I certainly would. Uh, but he's completely right. Um, and I don't think it falls on the broadcasting companies at all myself. Like at the end of the day, they have to make a turnover. They have to make, yeah. you know, they have to make everything count. But it certainly does fall on the GA. Like I often make the point when the rugby uh, is being shown on RTE, the Six Nations, they have to show the ladies one as well which a lot of people get great entertainment of, but that comes with the rights that you buy. I think something similar should go on in GA. I mean, it's huge. Sometimes I think we underestimate how big it is in the country. It's huge for RT to have it or whatever other broadcaster. And I suppose with that should be an onus on them to, to at least uh, provide some of the lower level, level games, which are, are as entertaining, I think, at their own level. Um, and maybe it's something to be pushed out to other broadcasters as well. Yeah, exactly. That's, that kind of makes sense. Um, more broadcasters, more commitments to show lower division because you, you don't have a, a a God-given right to be broadcast either, Brian. You know, that kind of way. Like, there has to be levels and there's more interest in the higher level and that's it. But So you can completely understand from the media's point of view. I'm going to start off this week by complaining. And I, I did the exact same complaining last December. Why do we not have a week's breathing here, Brian? I'm looking around. There's a regurgitated Sean Finn interview from two weeks ago. I think it was a was it the All Ireland series launch or something mm. and uh, not even spectacular quotes. And that's all I've seen in the week so far in an All-Ireland semi-final week. We are still kind of coming down from the quarterfinals. Jeez, give us, give us this week to get over them and let's build it right up the following week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one because I know the GA are going to say they were hampered with the COVID and they had to fit in you know, all the fixtures within a tight time frame and then try and allow for clubs maybe at the back end of the year. But as you said, it, it's very unfair and it's very unfair to the All-Ireland quarterfinal winners. You know, the likes of Cork and, and Waterford what they've come through you know they've come through week on week and maybe they'll be happy with that but it's, it's a big ask to go on now and try and hurl again this week especially when you play Waterford style of hurling where it's, it's gung-ho and they'll be trying to aim to bring that at least and more against Limerick at the weekend so you're right there's such a short turnaround it's very hard to raise the profile of this All-Ireland semi-final at the weekend and even from I suppose if you were a supporter like trying to sort out tickets so, so quickly and, and organise your time it's, it's, it's mad but as I said the GA are going to fall back on the whole thing that they were, you know, their hands are kind of held a little bit in yeah, this regard. Yeah, they'll say it's an exceptional year and their hands were tied, yeah. but at the same time, Paddy, you put that back one week. There's only two club championships that are delayed. Then the two All Ireland mm. finalists, like it is, like is it in the bigger scheme of things for player welfare, not just player welfare, for a general interest to be able to ram up some promotion of it for the players' bodies. To, like if the players' bodies aren't a hundred percent, we're not going to see as good a game as we would have. Mm. You know, the two weeks, she's an All Ireland quarter final to a semi final. I remember she used to be a month, and we were giving out about the month, and yeah. now we're down to a week. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Like I do feel bad going back in it because. Six months ago, we said anything, any way you can play it at all, we'll be happy. But once the, I think you've had, we've probably had five or six months since it was set. Um, and maybe to say, do you know what? We have maybe one more week. Uh, you know, even if the club this year spills into just the new year, into January, you know, I think it's going to be okay for, as you said, player welfare. But also, now that we are to the heat of the end of the season and we're getting 
multiple thousands of people in the stadium. Let's let's build it up. And look, I think it's just been very stiff by all authorities. Whoever is making sure that this is being pushed, I think it's a little bit stiff, especially given that the times we're in that, you know, we know that after this, there'll be a period where maybe the club drags on a little bit. It might drag into next year and it might be messy for another 12 months, um, just just by a couple of weeks. But I think we should be able to say, yeah, it's all earned semi-final. I think as Brian said, quarter-finalists, and they haven't just lost their provincial so they're on the road for three four weeks now and lucky they're two young teams which is great but if you look at Waterford the last two weeks and we probably talk and touch on it they have probably you know they have faltered in the last few minutes of more games and playing Limerick um, who are another level again like I mean they could be in serious trouble if they falter for for 10-15 minutes near the end of that game Yeah no they definitely will there's no doubt whether they can get a lead on them Sean Finn has been talking about like Limerick are going for back-to-back All-Irelands and three All-Irelands in four years Mm. Like it's unprecedented what they're they're doing three monsters in a row, and he was talking about the external noise. They're well aware of what's been talked about them, you know, the greatness and maybe emulating Kilkenny. And he says it's external noise, but it's very easy that creeps into the camp. Um, he said the narrative could be different in three weeks' time if we don't go through a semi final. It's important to acknowledge it, but it doesn't really uh, creep into our thoughts at all. I can imagine Caroline Courid, uh, you know, they do, they don't they they cover every every box like talking about it accepting that it's there but you know throwing it out to the players and making mm. them come up you know just block it out even the words he's used to, to actually acknowledge it and, and reference it in, yeah. in, in that interview just shows how maybe ahead of the curve they are in terms of accepting those sort of situations and scenarios and not they've never been um, kind of burdened with what they're doing from this Limerick perspective because we all know Limerick you know had had to wait in 73 to win the All-Ireland and that burden of expectancy was never on this team and it was phenomenal the way they were able to come along and win that All-Ireland you know, and it took a, a huge effort by Kilkenny a couple of years ago to beat them in that semi-final. So since then, they've been they've been absolutely awesome. You know, maybe earlier in this season they weren't at the, the pitch of the game, but they certainly were trying to time it later for their run in the season. And you know, we saw none better than that in that second half in the Munster final. But as you said, that maturity of the players. You know, yeah. you listen to all their interviews. You listen to Grod Hegarty talk about um, not having any regrets. You know, on the field and trying to enjoy games more. You listen to Keen Lynch in some of his interviews, and he's talking similar things. That maturity, you usually don't hear that in such young players. You no. know, usually it's players towards the end of their career or maybe just finished. So maybe that that whole side of things that Caroline Curd has brought to it and tapped into, um, it, it's huge. And I think that it does uh, lend itself to Limerick's dominance at the moment. And it, it's it, there's a correlation there, certainly. Yeah, they do seem very comfortable in their skin in interviews, don't they, Paddy? And smart fellas. And like I do, I mm. kind of picked up on that myself, right? You'd, you'd often hear from players, oh, we don't listen to that kind of talk. That's something we're not... No, hang on, that's there. Mm. we're aware it's there we've talked about it but you know it, it kind of sounds a bit different than what we're used to Paddy It is I think it's a bit more mature than what you hear usually I, I actually can never understand how teams say oh this isn't being talked about and that's not being talked about like to me what's a better motivation than saying we're going to win two in a row it's never been done we'll be the best Limerick team mm. that ever was I don't see that the pressure to me pressure to me is trying to win your first All-Ireland like that is just trying to get over the line and the tension and will I ever be good enough to win an All-Ireland I think that's real pressure but this pressure of winning two All-Irelands in three years or two in a row like I don't think there's any pressure I just think that's pure motivation you know you're good enough to do it and then you're seeing this you know this this thing in the distance that has never been done and geez we could be the men to do it so I think they probably realize that themselves but for me looking at them the way they speak I think they've taken a lot of 
you know, notes from the Dublin footballers. It seems to be that. And they seem to enjoy their life. And I suppose Sean Finn talking about maybe taking a break from training uh, in this off-season. Uh, it's very much that sort of holistic view at playing sports. But I think maybe the culture has changed too. I suppose when we played, it was all, you know, the drinking culture was a lot bigger in Ireland. Now as an inter-county player growing up, it's maybe the meet-up and have a chit-chat. Uh, it's go for walks. It's going to see the sights, the Cliffs of Moher. That's what I see a lot more of now, whereas I didn't even know where the Cliffs of Moher was when I was younger. So it's just, I think the world has changed a little bit. Certainly Ireland's culture has changed a little bit and, and they obviously have gone with it. Yeah, maybe maybe that's, you didn't know where the Cliffs of Moher were as a Tipperary man. I hadn't a clue. I didn't know where anything was. I was hurling and that's it. And maybe a few pints. <laughs> that's unacceptable in your neighbouring house maybe you just hated Claire so much you didn't want to accept her no, no, amazing no, don't, don't put fuel to that one <laughs> I won't cross the border one thing about Waterford what's been very obvious um, has been how they've blown Galway and Tipperary two teams with a kind of similar maybe age profile and, mm. and size they've blown them away with fitness now Liam Cal said last year he says as a player anytime I failed I failed mainly because I wasn't fit enough if you're physically fit it helps mentally as well and we spoke about that in the show Brian like I mean it gives you a great confidence going into game knowing that you're flying it and like you're mm. really really fit Limerick are one team in the country that that's not going to be an advantage yeah. over isn't that fair? Yeah but I think they have two different types of fitness as well I think Limerick are a much stronger physical team they have huge staying power probably got through their conditioning games with Paul Kinnerk so their their anaerobic systems are huge um, and as I said they're very bulky they have big shoulders chest you know big men you look at that half back line they're so yeah. dominant likes of Keane Lynch like they're absolute animals I think Waterford have, have probably put on a lot of lean muscle mass you, you, you look at the type of athleticism that they have the speed that they have I don't think there's a team that's as fast as them out there um, and they're also athletic and like I probably have some little insight into the Waterford train regime because Martin Bennett who's, who's with us with the club is, is in a speed coach with them you know and you know they work a lot on it and their game is built around a lot of that speed work and um, you know I would know that the, a lot of the weights they did was, was like high intensity you know building that lean muscle mass that I, I just referenced so right. probably a different emphasis on what they're going for so that they can carry uh, their weight at such speed around the field and then they work a lot I suppose on um you know the intensity in the tackle and and that type of thing, and they do a lot of boxing as well, which is, which is hugely important in terms of uh, you know the anaerobic fitness as well. So it's 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 amazing. I think they train differently, um, and and we're going to see complete contrast in styles in the way that they do that. Yeah, we we will. Like I mean, and I accept that. But I think it was John Milan in the Independent was saying that Waterford needed to run at Limerick, and I was thinking like that is one of Waterford's great strengths. But do you really want to run at Willie O'Donoghue or or the Limerick half backline? They'll but they'll bottle you up. They're so strong Paddy like you want you will you get past them I suppose well it would be unbelievably dumb to just get a ball turn and run straight at him like I think that would be the dumbest thing you could do with Limerick because see with the Munster final if you go into a crowd of Limerick guys with arms around you they're disciplined enough and they're very very strong and they will turn you over um, you would hope that Waterford probably learned that lesson in the All-Ireland final last year they got bottled up several times yeah. uh, but you see the likes of Fagan Jack Fagan has improved at that he's passing the ball a little bit more um, no I think what, what he, I hope he means is more so that you get the ball put through a couple of hands and make them twist and turn and then you can take them on I think you're you're up to absolutely nothing if each guy who gets the ball around the middle of the field, uh, you know, even even Barron, who's a great player, if he and he's able to break two or three tackles, if he's going to get the ball, turn, take on the first man, and then try and take on the second man with him. I think that's that's a bit of a folly. I think it's take half break a tackle, pop it, and then we'll try and use our pace from there around the middle. Uh, but to me, no, definitely not around the sides. If they can isolate Declan Hannon 
you know, no disrespect to him. I don't think he's a good one-on-one defender. I don't think he has the pace that the rest of those backs have. Yes, then possibly. And they are actually good at doing that. So I think, yeah, in a way, but they have to bring him out of positions first before they do that. Yeah, I think um, a big thing that they made a mistake in Ireland last year was that they ran at them a lot, but they ran down a lot of blind alleys. And they were so, kind of, such an emphasis on going for goals. Limerick knew that they crowded out around that D and, and they flooded that area and if I was critical of Waterford last year and that I learned was that they, they, when they broke tackles they didn't put the ball over the bar I think that's maybe the one shift I think they did that again against Clare this year they tried to run the ball too often they were so predictable but I thought against Galway in, in particular when they broke that t- tackle in around the midfield area they started to put the ball over the bar Jamie Barron probably started that you know he scored four points in both games that he's played in Callum Lyons getting up the field and it's like Paddy says they're popping the passes then they're getting the runners but the most important thing for me is they're actually taking the scores and I think that was epitomised with maybe Jack Fagan it was actually a score he got in the second half against Galway um, down uh, down towards the Turtle Sarsfield and, and he he a kind of a ball broke two two players ran into each other and it kind of there was a roar from the crowd as if there's there's a goal on but there wasn't really and instead of him running down that blind alley and maybe being dispossessed he just popped the ball over the bar you know you see Gerard Hegarty do that so many times from a Limerick perspective and that's how he ends up with six or seven points because if he's in the in the in the zone he, he puts it over the bar so I think Waterford have certainly learned from that and where they got caught last week and it led to a goal um, for Tipperary was Stephen Bennett maybe was guilty. Of, of trying to run that ball in initially and Tipperary overturned them got, got a ball down the field and they learned from it I think that, so there's that fine line between trying to run it into the net yeah. and taking your chances and I think if you go back to last year's All-Ireland you know Limerick won comfortably they won by 10 or 11 points but Waterford they were never going to win the game but they certainly should have been 5 or 6 points closer because as I said they, they ran down blind alleys the, 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 A big part of their game though Paddy and you touched on it is the first fella has to kind of half break the tackle you know for the runners to come along with him yeah, no, that's huge, and and most teams are trying to do that. But you would say that they're, they're the the players around the middle of the field um, that can do that, um, and so they are, and that's what I think great management is. We're trying to play this particular style. We will put the Barons around the middle of the field, the Calum lines around the middle of the field. So they are doing that, and they have the ability. It's just trying to do that against Limerick is, uh, I think, is a good bit different to doing it against any other team. They had the pace on Tipperary. Tip are a good blocky team, but they're not. They're, they're not able to use their athleticism like a Limerick are able to use it. So when they get arms on teams, they've quick feet, the Limerick backs, um, Kyle Hayes will wrap you up, Saul Dermot Burns and their midfielders are swarmers as well. So whether they can get away from them is another thing and they're great with that, we all say the extra hand, playing the hand passing hand. Yeah. So they're very good at that now. Whether the Waterford lads just throw it like everybody else throws it, then they could be on to a winner. But I do think like that Liam Cahill and Mikey Bevans will have learnt an awful lot from the All-Ireland final and I do think their motivation will be huge and I wouldn't underestimate that either actually I know a lot of people would, out there would say sure it's an All-Ireland semi-final we're all up for it everyone's up for that but there's all, I, I, I do think there's always levels like you could I could go to any All-Ireland final I played and say what was the motivation there how raw was the feelings there and I think you you might see a, you know if if they're not exhausted you could see a Waterford team that are really a bile um, on, on Sunday with an awful lot of aggression or Saturday sorry Yeah so like I mean usually when we talk about Limerick we talk about the Keane Lynch problem we'll talk about Shane Bennett and is he going to follow him he won't follow him but against Waterford is not really a big problem because there's so many lads out mm. there anyways you'd be nearly looking at it from the other side like Declan Hannum won't fa- follow Jack Prendergast that's a big problem in the form he's in because he's in on everything yep. and Patrick Curran comes out like is the cornerback going to follow him or Limerick kind of kind of almost say well we kind of stay in our positions and you know we kind of hurl that patch what are they going to do Brian in that situation there's so many Waterford lads go out 
Well, I think what Limerick always do when, when teams withdraw is they keep their six backs. Yeah. You know, they're, they're unbelievable. They're so disciplined. You know, you see Barry Nash, you know, they'll still play two in the full back and Barry Nash will sit outside him and then Declan Hannan still sits in the pocket and it's amazing. You probably don't see that until you're actually at the games and as as you know, I've been lucky enough to be in a lot yeah. of them and they're so disciplined in that. You know, they keep three, four across that half-back line and it and their half forward line and midfield are so athletic that they're able to get back and flood that area as well as be up the other end of the field so look they're in that perfect storm at the moment if I was Waterford like Paddy touched on already you'd be looking at trying to expose Declan Hannon you know there's scores to be got there from Declan Hannon I, and I know Limerick at times drop back Dara Donovan or, or, or Willow Donahue to try and nullify that threat there but you know, there's definitely scores to be got there and you see what Jason Ford was able to do in that first half I know he was kind of moving everywhere but that that's my point. If 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 you move a lot in that half line, which which we know Waterford do, if they can get shooters there, that's a big thing. You know, so it'll be interesting. Will it be Stephen Bennett? Will they bring Ozzy Gleeson out there into that position? Because no matter where Ozzy goes, he gets on a hell of a lot of ball. So, like that's somewhere definitely that uh, that Waterford can exploit Limerick. Yeah, the, like I mean, it's almost a numbers game then, though, Paddy. Like because I mean, obviously the, the the Limerick half back line will go back and help out, and that allows them to keep the couple of defenders back. But now you're not talking about Caelan Lyons and Kieran Bennett who are who join all attacks. Like what you know, like even for, if, if they drop off, now maybe Liam Cal's going to say, "Look, lads, you're going to have a lot of room here because we know what those lads do. They're going to be back picking up, you know, our forwards. Mm. I want you to make a nuisance out of yourself, or lads, recycle it back out to these and start taking long range points." I think it will be, but I, I think the team that blinks first, you know, is is going to be in trouble. So I think it's a great point to look at. Like Watford will have to look at the first half of the Monster Final and say. If we win that battle, if we can drive out with the ball and, as I say, half hand pass off the half tackle, then we can bring a Declan Hannon all over the place. Then we can put an Ozzy Gleeson maybe playing in the middle that he can go left and right and shoot. But that's it's the battle. Like You can write this up on a tactics board all you want. You can put who you want, where you want. But whoever wins that battle around the middle is going to make... Limerick will have to play Waterford's game and chase them down the field if they win that battle or else it'll be vice versa and Limerick will be able to hold back if the Limerick guys are too strong around the middle and keep turning them over and can break tackles because last year in the All-Ireland all the Limerick guys seem to be able to draw in two or three Watford players. Uh, as Brian said, they look like they're a little more muscular this year. If they can stand up and not have to commit four, two, sorry, two or three guys to stop a Hegarty, to stop a Tom Morrissey, Keen Lynch, then they have a better chance. But if it's still a case that they're putting out fires, having to uh, bring lads from all areas to, to shut them down, then they're under pressure. And I think if they're able to stand up to them, yes, Bennett is playing very well at wing back. Um, Caleb Lyons can be very, very damaging going forward. And they could cause Limerick a serious amount of problems. And I expect they will. Yeah. Who wins that battleground? Like, it's hard to say because one thing, Limerick, Waterford, Kilkenny are the three teams nearly that you know are, going bring, are bringing that every day. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 huge, and I will say as well in the Galway game, Waterford's half back line probably did exactly what I'm saying about Limerick. They're, they sat back, and any long ball that Galway tried to strike that day, Callum Lyons, Shane Bennett, Kieran Bennett, they mopped it up, and you know it was so frustrating from a Galway perspective. So maybe Waterford had learnt a lot as well, you know. But Limerick are so good from that perspective; they won't strike ball down just blindly. No. You know, I know they'll have two inside. They've, Brilliant movement, but they they always carry the ball. Like the the goal like about Kyle Hayes just just maybe shows that when he doesn't have someone in front of him, they just carry. You know that's what they're absolutely excellent at, and they are able to score from distance. So it's it's a game of chess, as Paddy says, and it's it's what's going to happen. So that's what I think makes this game so intriguing. We're, we know there's going to be a savage work rate, savage intensity. I think, in fairness to Waterford, that's exactly what they're bringing. We know Limerick, and as you said, Kilkenny always bring it. Um, 
and it's it's you know and, and I know Liam Cal doesn't like to get caught up in the whole tactic side of things but there is a tactical battle on here and I don't think they can I don't think they can get away with one inside with just Desi Hutchinson I think Limerick will eat that up if they play any long ball in there I think Limerick will have their homework done big yeah. time and they're, they're masters at the at the second man in or the third man in and as good as Desi is it would be next to impossible to try and hurl that Limerick full back line all on his own Yeah, but it would be something Limerick haven't seen before just having to deal with one in there you know it would but if, if you if you bring back in Dan Morrissey which I expect to come back in there and, and you're talking Sean Finn Barry Nash outside him as good as Deshi Hudson is I still think that would be next to impossible for him yeah. to try and win that ball oh it would be but they'd have extra bodies out the field and you'd say let's run it lads yeah no if they're running it yeah but I'm talking about that long ball yeah, that yeah, out ball that Desi Hutchinson the last two games has been able to win. Do you know, yeah. if you go back to the Clare game, he wasn't win them. And that was highlighted on the Sunday game yeah. where that long ball where he was breaking it down and they're all high balls as well. He's breaking them down to him. Like, they're giving him terrible ball and he's doing so well. He's so brave. Um, but if they play that type of long ball inside, it'll be not a hope against yeah. that Limerick fullback. Line. No. Have, have Waterford improved enough, Paddy? Because the reality here is like, we're talking up this game and I'm really looking forward to it and I really love both teams and they bring the physicality and they're two great teams to watch. The reality is the last time they played it was 30 points to 19. Like it was a one-sided All-Ireland final. Like have Waterford, obviously Waterford coming off two brilliant wins. Have they closed the gap? I think they should have closed the gap. I, we won't know until Sunday or Saturday, obviously. Uh, and you would say the Beck Galway Galway weren't going well in the championship this year. They didn't. They looked the shadow of themselves. Now maybe Waterford made them look that way too. But so I don't think they came up against the team that really pushed them. Uh, Bear in the last few minutes, Tipperary game. Then they looked all through the game. They were the better team against. So this is their first proper test. I do think they've really improved, and and I think one more place that's gone really well. I know. They're, they have a new goalie in Sean O'Brien, but I think his puck outs last day were absolutely unbelievable. They were really kind of doing a low Cusack uh, trajectory, pinging him out. No, no, don't mind his save, but he actually gave him a different um, a different dimension going forward. I thought he, he never let the Tipperary back settle only for the last 10 minutes when the runners didn't seem to be there. So I do think they have improved. I think they're doing unbelievably well without Ty Gaborka playing as centre-back. Um, they really seem to be even running that ball a bit more and making up for his his loss there. So I think they've improved. I think Desi Hutchinson has improved as a corner forward. I would have played against him and it was all shooting from the outside um, and twisting left and right. But now he seems to want to take his man on. Now, again, he, he was marked by Sean Finn in the second half of the All-Ireland last year. Got absolutely nothing out of him like most lads don't. So a lot, as Brian said, is determined on that as well. They can have all the ball they want around the middle, but if it's coming back, um, if it's coming back out as quick as against the hurling wall, then they're in serious, serious trouble because Limerick will punish you. So they need, like, they ha- I, in my opinion, they definitely have to have somebody in with him. And I think maybe even an Ozzy Gleeson, something different, some sort of X factor in there that can get him a couple of goals because I, I do think they'll need it. Yeah, Ozzy mm. kind of floats. I'd say Ozzy just has license to maybe help him out or come out himself. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, he, he floats in between. And I think, the rest of them seem to rotate an awful lot. Well, Jack Fagan seems to rotate in. Stephen Bent, the odd time he does stay out a lot, but Ozzy's floating in and out. He, he puts in a huge shift in fairness yeah. to him. It's probably a lot of it's unseen on telly. Um, he's hurling tremendous. Sometimes he's not held, uh, his performance aren't held up to such a high standard, but I think that's because how good he is. You know, I think he was hard done by for an all-star last year as well. Um, he's phenomenal when he's on. We'll just see, will his knee be okay? Because he took a, a heavy belt towards the end of that game when he went into tackle Cottle Barrett. You know, the full weight of Barrett coming down on top of 
Watford. He looked in a lot of pain. So, you, you obviously from from a neutral perspective, you'd be hoping Ozzy Bennett would yeah. be on the field. Um, but I, just to touch on one point, the Paddy made for me the goals are crucial. They did have goal chances in All Ireland last year, as as poor as they were. You know, within yeah. thirty seconds, Jack Fagan fizzed the ball just by the post. But they had another couple of. Um, couple of very good chances and then a couple of half chances maybe where they were guilty of running the ball a little bit too much Stephen well, Bennett in Liam, particular Liam Cal said after the All-Ireland final last year he says yeah we needed to score two or three goals today we said that mm. so maybe you know they were forcing that yeah. goal you know yeah. rather like will, what, what will the message to them this be? they still need two or three goals though Brian exactly. that's the thing and I think what you they don't out- outpoint Limerick no and they'll look at that and say right if you take Austin Gleeson's goal the last day like that was excellent because that, that probably wasn't on and just that series of quick hand passes got them through and, and Ozzy you know finished brilliantly to the back of the net but like they will need that they'll, you know that they're, they're high risk and I, and I know I was kind of half given out about Stephen Bennett running one in blindly but you just have to read every situation you know it's like Paddy says you're getting the back to half commit whereas Stephen Bennett made it quite obvious from maybe 40 yards out he was going straight down the throat of him and it just wasn't on so yeah to me they, they need goals but Go back to my original point, they will need help. They have to have someone in there with Desi Hutchinson. I can't see them getting goals if they just have an isolated full forward. Right, right. Uh, you mentioned the puckouts um, earlier, Paddy. Like, I've, I've talked about this on the show before. I can't remember who it was with, right? So Limerick goes zonal, right? And like Dublin footballers used to go zonal. They don't anymore now. Why is that? Because, you know, there's there's tactics you can use against that. And we mentioned this, you overload one side of the field. So if Dermot Burns, Declan Hannan and Kyle Hayes want to stay in their positions... Why don't you move your three half forwards over onto one of them or move your full forward out to one of them? You know, why are teams not like this is going on now for three years without anyone? And and obviously the zonal stops this brilliant movement and dragging them out of position, you know, like running onto a puck out. But, you know, that day is gone now. Limerick have stopped the running onto a puck out. The Anthony Nash, you know, and Lehan running into space onto it, for example. Why are we not seeing a team blatantly, obviously focusing three people on, on Dermot Burns, breaking it down and going away with the break? I don't know why we don't see more of it, honestly. Um, that, for me, would be a huge thing because if you put three on one or just say it ended up being five on two, you're probably guaranteeing that you'll probably win that ball. Even if you don't win it, you'll probably have them tackled or turned backwards. So I don't get it. Um, I do think the team that did it best this year and for the last few years has, was Cork in the, I think it was the semi-final they played them in this year in the Munster semi-final. And I, I think the best, the thing that works against the team, like, uh, Limerick, a team like Kilkenny when they had that half great half backline is variety. If they know what's coming, they have the skills, they have the power, um, and they have the intelligence to know what to do. And that's high ball. And I said, you know, if you if you let let them Limerick lads pin their ear backs and uh, and attack a high ball, you're in trouble. Tipperary did that. They got joy in the first half. Maybe the worst thing that happened because they kept doing it the second half and Limerick just kept mopping it up and it's not I don't think it's going to happen again where they let those soft goals through this year so variety to the full back line to the midfield you know crossing players uh, balls out to the side it doesn't have to be a perfect ball out but it has to be one that the Limerick lads cannot um, attack you know free reign and I, I do think Sean O'Brien was brilliant at him the last day he, he popped him into good areas and I think that's the thing it's not about being 100% accurate it's about putting it into a blade of grass that the Limerick guy isn't waiting for and that your Waterford attackers know that it's going into so be it Baron, be it Peter Hogan be it Lyons even in the half back line 
as long as he's putting it to an advantageous area that isn't a big high rake and clearance, I think they you know they have a chance. But the blueprint is there, I think. Um, tipped on a little bit, but but Cork, I think, did the most and probably don't have the best high ball winners. So I think they have to look at that. Uh, you're at the matches, Brian. Any evidence lads are trying teams are trying to overload on one side where Limerick are, cause it'll, it'll end up making Limerick look very foolish. You're going with a three on one while two lads stand completely free mm. doing nothing, standing in a zone. It will make a zone like there has to be a tactic against mm. the zonal. No, you're 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 thousands right. It's it's the only way to attack that zone. The one thing obviously Limerick do as well is that they maybe offer up the short puckouts and they love nothing more than turning those over because they're yeah. absolutely excellent. They're, I don't think there's a team maybe Kilkenny is as good as uh, turning over those balls whether they're full back line or half back line um, and punishing teams so uh, you know Waterford would be high risk game to play a lot of short puckouts either I think the word Paddy used was variety we talked about this before Dal Ireland last year as well you know they will need to win somehow win a high ball you know Jack Fagan needs to get up there Ozzy Gleeson needs to get up there because they're, they're capable of doing it and I think it, it takes big players like that to try and break down this Limerick team um, or any dominant team in, in those situations but they will need variety as, as Paddy has said you know and, and that overload is crucial Willie and as you're, you're right I, I think I think Limerick uh, just talking about Limerick for a second Paul Canuck's influence his knowledge of football being a, a predominantly a football man initially it's huge. It's not to be underestimated. I think hurling, it's slowly getting there um, in terms of looking at different systems to play. I know it can be overdone at times and we're not going to go into that right now. But there is other avenues um, that, that people need to look at. The, the one thing, and, and the thing with puck-out strategies as well, they're fine to a point. Um, they're very, they, they usually go out the window in the last 10 minutes of any game. Do you know, like that yeah. high intensity, that running. And that's where I talk about you need someone to win a ball. You know, you just need you need someone to stand up and be a man, and whether it's win it clean or break it down to numbers. And yeah. um, because I, Limer- I, I think that's like if, crucial. They, if they start overloading, Limerick will probably figure that out. Exactly, so it comes back that, that's to my point. who's going to win. Yeah. Who's going to win? And that's why, you know, people might say, "Oh, you know, you'd be foolish to lump, lump every ball along." I'm not saying that, but but there will come a point in big games. I learned semi finals, finals, whatever, where someone has to win ball, hard ball. Yeah, no, it, de- it definitely will. Any matchups, lads? Like, I mean, Prunty will take up F- Flanagan or Galan. I, th- I think he marked. Did he mark Galan last year, Paddy, in the in the All Ireland final? Yeah, in the Munster mm. final. In, in the Munster final. Yeah, I think he did okay in the Munster final. Yeah, the All Ireland final. Then I'm not sure who he marked in the All Ireland final. It was on him, yeah. um, I think it was Galan both days. It was yeah. Galan both days. So, yeah. But I don't know this year, like, is Galan the danger this year? Is Flanagan the danger this year? Are, are the other two suited to Mark and Flanagan then? Well, one's uh, not. Two cornerbacks yeah. that are in there. Yeah, exactly. So I think it could be a change around. I think they'll keep Prunty in the middle himself this time. He's playing unbelievably well. I know Galan is a danger, but to me, Seamus Flanagan, if he gets going, it can, can break through these tackles at the cornerback. So I don't know, is that the wisest decision? See, I think last year going into Alarm, we weren't sure if Seamus Flanagan was going to start or not. There was still that, you know, question marks around it. He only he only started, I think, to Alarm semi-final Played well year. in the semi, yeah. yeah and, and then he got his start again for the final. We know Seamus Flanagan's going to be starting. And I think going into that final, they probably said, look, Aaron Galan has been the man for Limerick so far. Prunty, you pick him up. Um, so I think I think Paddy's right. I think Seamus Flanagan, I think Conor Prunty will pick up Seamus Flanagan. And they're, this going, year. they're going to have to look at one of the two cornerbacks you're looking um, at Kenny, Kenny uh, McNulty yeah. or Gleeson coming back in yeah. like there's a mismatch there with Galan in the air right certainly certainly but you assume, we assume and I'd, I'd be foolish I think of, of Limerick even at this stage that, that Galan is starting I think, it, I think it's a given that he is going to ah, I think he will I think yeah. he will on the, on the other side then Dan Morris will probably pick up uh, Austin Gleeson 
but at least a lonely line up there, I suppose, Paddy. And then the question is, who's following who and who, you know, Finn will pick up Hutchinson. That would be fairly obvious as well. But where do, where do they go? Like, I mean, you know, that's the, that's the question. You couldn't see Dan Morrissey following Gleeson all over the place. No, they won't follow him all over the place. And you know, the funny thing in the All-Ireland last year was, I think Hutchison played his normal corner and I think it was Nash happened to be there and he picked him up starting off, but he was doing a bit of damage early on. They probably didn't get the scores out of it, but he was, it was the one time you could really see exposure in the Limerick full back line in that first half. But Sean Finn took him in the second half and just didn't give him a sniff of the ball. So I think it'd be... I know you want to keep your position and Kilkenny used to do it and actually to be fair to Liam Sheedy I used to never be man detailed really only maybe John Milan used to be detailed to man mark somebody Thanks, um, and it kind of I sp- <laughs> no I want to mark you myself <laughs> but, but like the, the it's kind of a sign of strength I think from managers saying no you'll sit in your position because we believe if we line out 15 players in their position that the other team won't be able to, to, to go with us and I have great confidence in you marking any man so I think that's the way they look at it but to me it could be overconfident here like if I'm looking at uh, Waterford I'm saying if I stop good ball into Hutchinson. If I have a guy with him who stops him running riot, then I think they won't have the amount of ball winners inside to win this match. So look, if I was John Kiley, I'd be trying to snuff him out straight away. I think the other Waterford guys, um, the Bennetts, um, the obviously Ozzy Gleasons, Fagans, they'll drift into different positions and be picked up accordingly in those positions. But I don't actually think there'll be much man-marking uh, towards the rest of it. Yeah, so if Finn will pick up Hutcherson and Barry Nash will be, end up being the sweeper and Dan Morrissey mm. will have to make his decision what he's doing. You could end up two versus two versus yeah. one if they don't whenever Ozzy goes out. What about the big question? Caelan Lyons versus Garod Hegarty. That was a big one before the All-Ireland final. He'd done well on him in the Munster final. You know, ran out of gas, I suppose, against uh, Hegarty in the All-Ireland final. Hegarty got a lot of his scores towards the well, maybe three anyways, towards mm. the end. Uh, Brian, I think Caelan Lyons has come on a lot. Uh, this year, you've Kieran Bennett, Mark, and Tom Morrissey. This is always the big question. You know, do you stay going with them? I think they will, mm. um, and I think they'll just try to to follow them. I th- I think they'll line up exactly the way they are. They're going to have to put themselves in the front foot, and as you say, Caelan Lyons had a brilliant season last year, but he's even better this year. Um, he's offering a huge amount going forward, but he's he's defending much better as well. But it, like, it's nullifying Grod Hegarty is the big thing. Yeah, as you said, he got seven points in All Ireland. Dan Mar- or Tom Morrissey had a big part to play in that. He must have assisted him for three or four points, just little lovely little pop hand passes. So it was maybe the influence of of, of Tom Morrissey winning the primary possession and, and the movement of Grod Hegarty, where Callum Lyons is probably it's probably his weakest part of his game because he's such a, a gung ho hurler going down the field. Um, it's a brilliant attacking weapon, but uh, you know there is there is scores to be got off him. You've seen that with Tipperary last week. They put Noel McGrath on him, hoping that he'd be able to exploit that side of it, that he might be able to pick up points from distance. Yeah. Noel got a lot of shots off. He just he maybe shooting just outside he's not just the side of range but it just there were high per- or low percentage shots sorry um, you know he was hitting him off his own on his own half back line but still if you look at the amount of possession he got it, it was huge and, and like Noel wouldn't have the engine that's no offence to him he's a lot of other things but he wouldn't have the, the engine maybe that Groot Hegarty has so it's a different dynamic um, so it is it is interesting that uh, Groot Hegarty probably hasn't been at his best this year 
Uh, he did brilliant second half against against Tipperary. Much more influential in that game. Um, but we haven't probably seen him hit the heights of what he was at last year. So, like the, he'll probably be burning to try and get a big performance out of him. So it's a, it's a big it's a big area of the field that Waterford have to at least you know break even in. Yeah. No. Exactly. Finally, lads, on this one, the bench advantage. Like I mean, Waterford have Montgomery. They've young Kylie, who I didn't know much about, mm. but like I mean, he looked fairly good. I don't know. Is he highly rated young fella coming off to under twenties? Yeah, very good with under twenties against Tipperary in particular, you know. Right. He's, he, he's a good guy, yeah. Kevin Moran, and you've the what you've one of the fives, um, mm. which is that's a strong Shane bench, fives, lads. Yeah. Shane Fives, that's a strong bench. Limerick obviously ha- will have Graham Alcatty who wants there, Pat Ryan, David Reedy, Connor Boylan. I think taking Shane Dowling out of that kind of bench, you know, like I mean, is the Limerick bench looking as scary as other years, Paddy? I still think it's very, very good to be honest with you. Um, they have a couple of they, they. I think they put more guys into their league panels than anybody did, um, and I just think they haven't established themselves yet. Of Cochrane, I think it's, it's Cochrane yeah, as a wing, the wing back. back yeah, and uh, you know they they have an awful lot to to actually work with. I think Pat Ryan is somebody in another county. Like he gets so much more game time. He's such speed. He was on those under twenty one teams as a midfielder. Um, he's a brilliant player and for the last 10 minutes he'd be an absolute nightmare then you have on the bench you might have a Richie English now yeah, uh, probably yeah. not Morrissey I don't think anymore but you have a, a Richie English if they're in trouble at the back so um, I do think they're they're a tough prospect and they're fast players to bring on as well so maybe not as much of an advantage as they had before like with Flanagan coming on like I always thought he should be starting with him coming on like that was a huge thing to look at coming in off the bench and then of course with Galan and, and Morrissey changed it the last day but I think at this stage they have to get their best guys on the field and it does weaken their bench a little bit but I, I think I think you know if it was me I'd have a Pat Ryan coming on he made a big difference in 2017 and I don't understand how he doesn't get a little bit more game time Yeah he's always the last one to come on isn't he Brian and he always looks like imagine having to mark that man when he comes on it's mm. a nightmare like he'd make you tired just looking at the way and he takes you on every time when you're getting tired it's it's a strange one he's always he's always really late in the day we may get uh, predictions here lads Brian I'll start with you yeah I'm, I'm probably still going to go with Limerick being honest I just think they've they've too much for this particular water team I think you know we've talked about a lot of the areas where I think Waterford will come up short against this Limerick team so I just think as I said they're not they're not burdened with this ex- expectation that they have to win this all Ireland either um, and I just think they have too much firepower all over the field yeah Paddy yeah, I'm pretty similar. Um, I'm getting every prediction wrong, so a lot of people <laughs> hope I'm wrong again this time. But um, look, at, I think the Limerick team, you saw when they stepped it up to real All-Ireland level intensity last day against Tipperary that, you know, I don't think any team lived with them. Um, certainly over the last few years, no team would have lived with that. Um, so I would say I would say Limerick and adding to that that with 10 minutes to go if it's a, if it's a close game it's very hard to see Watford having the energy and the legs to run it run that ball up and down the field and that is their game plan so look all that together you'd have to go at Limerick Yeah, You'd nearly be saying to Waterford don't be ahead at half time imagine the pressure they'd feel oh here's the comeback here they nearly need to time themselves and almost them catch Limerick towards mm. the end you know or, or something like I'm, I'm the same it's hard to you couldn't see past Limerick lads really but I do think on Waterford's point when the Burke Porrick Matany and Irla Daly all come back into that starting team I do think there's an All-Ireland Waterford would you Would you boys agree with that oh, I don't know what's going to have, have to happen Limerick <laughs> yeah the, the thing with that is if Liam Cal is still around is yeah. Liam Cal going to be with Tipperary so <laughs> there's there's a lot of shaking and moving there still to be done but you're dead right but you add them in with the way Liam Cal has them playing yeah. they'd be formidable yeah no I completely agree right we'll leave it there and we'll, we'll come back and look at the other semi-final
the other big one this weekend is obviously Kilkenny and Cork. Um, some people would argue it's a bigger game considering the, the tradition um, involved. Kieran Kingston said, Kilkenny or Kilkenny, Croke Park is their home, um, really, Brian. And I thought it was a funny one. We always use that, you know, as a kind of an advantage to Dublin. But let's be honest about it. We'll take the league. Dublin play home, ga- home league games, which is what, three games. Kilkenny play all their games practically in, in Croke Park in the Championship. There, there was a map going around um, a historical um, map of how many times each county in the whole country played in Croke Park and Kilkenny had played there 233 times um, Cork 76 times like obviously that's his- historically mm. but playing in Croke Park I presume would be a, an advantage a slight advantage for Kilkenny with the f- their familiarity with it, with their surroundings oh, I'd would and I suppose Look from from a Munster perspective, and Paddy will obviously know about this. Like, oh, there's no Munster championship ever played in Crow Park. To, to play in to play in Crow Park, you have to be in the in the latter end of the All Ireland series, quarter final, semi final, whatever final. So, usually when they get there, they, ne- they never fear playing there. So it's not really a factor. I wonder if there's a touch of Razzie Erasmus in this from from Kieran Kingston. You know what I mean? Just trying to shake things up a little bit and maybe talk about the the advantage that Kilkenny have. Look, we all know. If you, where else do you want to play an Ireland semi final? She hardly like yeah. even Tip Man Paddy won't even say you want to play it down in Turles. You know, like let's be honest. You, if you want to play in big games, we all know the Ring Crow Park. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see that. I, I know what you're saying. I know they've played there more often, and, and I know this particular team have played a lot of matches, particularly since COVID's come in there. But it's it's not a huge advantage either. But you no, maybe not a huge advantage. But you look now, like I mean, I was looking at since the last time they played two years ago, and Kilkenny won it handy. Like Cork have Patrick Collins, Robert Downey, Ger Millerick, uh, Connor Cahillan, and Jack O'Connor. Like they wouldn't have played in an All Ireland semi final. Like the the Kilkenny new players, Tommy Walsh, Martin Keogh, and Richie Reid and Cody, they've played there loads of times since. You know, it, what what were you like when you were coming up? You know, your first time or two. Because the f- funny thing about it is, Paddy, like you're coming up to play in Croke Park, and it's the biggest game of your year. All, you know, all year it's like all on this, mm. and you might not play there for another year. Then after that, like how did you get the whole dynamic of the surroundings kind of tied down? Well, I remember playing my first game as a minor. I was, geez, I thought I was after winning the lottery, you know. I'd, I'd only been up there a handful of times, even watching matches. Tip weren't going that well at the time. But um, it, it can be overwhelming for, for some players. I, I think it's the type of person you are if you kind of rise to that occasion. Or even even the likes of, if, if you make the, the arena out to be more than it is, you know. I mean, I remember playing All-Ireland Finals and... I'd have a good look around. I'd have a look in and, and just try and get concentrated on the match. And I know we, we played, a, actually it's probably a good example is playing with Boris Lee in the club final. Most of our players hadn't played in Croke Park. Like the vast majority of players hadn't. Maybe maybe four or five had played in Croke Park at the most. Um, and so they, we tried to have a bit of fun with it. We tried to, you know, have a good laugh about it and, you know, kind of play up the fact that we hadn't played there before and we're having a good laugh about it, even in the dressing room beforehand. And look, we, we didn't win the match, but we started extremely well. And I suppose that would show that we weren't overawed by it. And I think that's what it's about. It's about um, being confident, about, about having fun about it and relishing. And I think that's it. You have to relish where you are. And the way Cork have played, I think, over the last couple of games has been with a fair swagger now. Um, we do, you know, we're thinking back at Cork teams like uh, coming up the field. Um, you have Jack O'Connor taking his man on. Jeremy Miller being pretty, pretty tough. Um, Downey going well in the full back line. Um, Tim O'Mahony obviously just seems to be running wherever he wants on the field, and I wouldn't be over, I wouldn't be overly worried about that. It's a nice thing to throw out by Kieran Kingston, but I don't think it's going to be any huge advantage. But uh, of course, the the Kilkenny lads are playing there since they're playing the the halftime shows under twelve. I'd say so. <laughs> they have a slight advantage, but I think. 
think if you're if you're mentally strong enough, and that means you're a good enough player. I think it won't, it won't be much of a bother. Yeah, the, the reason it's a little bit of a strange thing for Kingston to come out with is that Cork have a terrible record of Reece, re, of late in Croke Park. They have won one semi-final from their last seven. Mm. So if that's your record in Croke Park and you're putting it out there, it's a home yeah. advantage. Now, I know he's not going to be saying that in the dressing room, but at the same time, you yeah. know, like Cork, you hear Paul Murphy on the show here, Brian, like it's gas listening to him. The amount of times he's mentioned like, you know, Cork's cockiness and you don't want to let them ahead of you because, mm. you know, they'll grow and... You know, should a Cork manager not be tapping into that rather than? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a head scratcher really because it's 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 not. It's almost like getting your excuses in early. Um, so it's a, it's a strange one, and it's not a factor that I don't think too many people or pundits or media or former players would have actually an issue with coming into this game. Like it it is what it is, and as Paddy said, if you, like you need that bit of bowlingness in you almost that these occasions are not going to overawe you like I'm sure the first time you played there Woolly as well at minor or, or whatever like I remember playing there with schools and playing there with minor as well like like maybe I was younger and cockier but you were loving it it's where it's where you dreamed of playing and that that's my same thing for, for the for the Cockroach and if you remember there's only going to be 24,000 at it as well it's not like it's going to be an 80,000 um, sellout occasion so it's 24,000 like it's a good crowd and we're delighted to have 24,000 probably should be more but that's another debate Um but it, it's not going to be a crowd that's going to have a huge effect in terms of the nerves or, or an overawing kind of uh, occasion for the players. You know? Yeah, yeah, maybe not. Brendan Cummins was talking um, about this, uh, Paddy, and he says, um, he's talking about Cork. He says, there's something bubbling and they're winning because they're angry and they're fighting on their backs. I don't know. I'm obviously not a pundit here. I'm asking you the questions, but I, I, I did all look an angry team to me. Like Kenny looks like an angry team or Waterford, you could say, is an angry team the way they hunt in packs. And Cork look angry to, to you? No, they look more of a stylish outfit. Yeah. Still. Now, I do think there's a bit more of a backbone to me. In all fairness, now, I, I'd have to say I like the likes of a Jerem Millerick. I think Conor Cahillan is a good addition. I, I didn't know why he was dropped, to be honest, because I think he gives that honesty of effort. Uh, Jack O'Connor, as I referenced already, as a corner back, he does the one thing we don't want and most corner forwards don't do. He gets the ball, he turns and he runs directly at your shoulder uh, and uses what he actually has. Uh, Sean O'Donoghue for me is already a really, really good corner back and Tim O'Man, he's started to play a lot better. Like He was very, very up and down for three or four years when he started. So I do think they have a bit more of a backbone. I wouldn't say like they're fighting on their backs and angry because the type of game they play, they spread the play. They move the ball and it, it doesn't really lend itself to bunching and fighting and winning rocks. But um, they'll have to do that on, on, on Sunday. That's the only thing because this game, while they'll be trying to spread it out, Kilkenny will be trying to really congest it and make it into a dog battle. But or, uh, Sorry, a dog fight. But look, I, I think they are fighting harder. I think that their attackers are a lot better coming back to field. Um, but it's still all to be proven because, uh, you know, the last two teams they played were Dublin and Clare. Good teams, but certainly not at the very, very top of what they'll be playing with the likes of Kilkenny on Sunday. Well, the, the, the analysis you gave for the last match made perfect sense. Who's going to win that battle in the middle of the field to mm. earn the right to play, right? So that makes sense because it's the same in Gaelic football, right? And who's going to win that battle? How can Cork win that middle third battle? Who's their, com- who's their combative players? Mark Coleman, Tim O'Matney, Dara Fitzgibbon, Luke Mead, Robbie O'Flynn, Conor Cattle and Seamus Harnady. Can those players, who I see all kind of lovely hurlers, can they win that battle against Kilkenny, who are the you know the most consistent in the business at it, Brian? I think they're better set up to do it this year than ever. But can they win it? I I'd be 
it, it's open to interpretation for Sunday, but I, I would struggle to see it as well. I think their half forward line is a lot stronger. You know, Robbie Flynn brings a lot of a lot of energy there. He works really hard. We know Seamus Harney does that. He's never been afraid of high ball or hard ball. And Conor Catalan offers something completely different. Cork have a lot of Kitog hurlers as well. Like they've, I think it's six to have on the team, and that's that's huge. And Jermelrick loves it, the the rough and tumble. And Tim O'Matney, as Paddy says really added a lot to his game going forward probably he's a lot more settled since he's back playing wing back but then you have beautiful ball players like Dara Fitzgibbon and, and Mark Coleman like Cork all year since the very start of the year their game plan has been about uh, you know moving the ball through the lines lovely intricate passing you know short poke outs all those sort of things basically a setup that they're, they're going to try and bypass the big strong physical teams like Limerick and like Kilkenny I can't see how it can work, being honest. I, 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 it goes back to what I said earlier. If they don't win the fight, primarily, I don't think they can run them, run them around the field. I, I've said this before in the show, you can't underestimate Kilkenny's athleticism. It's huge. It always is. And, and particularly at the moment, they've, they have a lot of athletic players and they have a lot of really athletic players to come into the game as well. So they won't run out of steam. So when you talk about legs, probably with the exception of Jack, Jack O'Connor, his particular pace, you know... I think a lot of the rest of that Cork team, Kilkenny will be able to stay with them. And their doggedness will really, really trouble this, this, uh, you know, this Cork team. You know, Cork hit almost everything short um, as, as much as possible. Um, and Kilkenny hunting packs. We've seen a to- something totally different from Kilkenny in, against Wexford in particular where they gave up the short puckouts. You know, they, and they didn't really engage them until maybe 45, 50 metres out. Um, Cork will probably better at it than Wexford uh, in terms of running that ball through the lines but will they meet that or did have they met that level of aggression and intensity that the Kenny team every one of them will bring and if they don't they're, they're getting the curly finger they're gone it's yeah. a sim- don't, doesn't matter who they are and look TJ Reid he's the one that sets the tone that he's just phenomenal at it and and uh, you know the, the rest of it he's seen the last time Cody gone 1-5 in, in the previous game Leicester final didn't perform good luck do you know what I mean? And and it's just, it, it's phenomenal, their work rate. So to go back to your original point, can I see them winning this middle third battle? I can't. Yeah. That's the thing. The only time I saw Cork winning that battle was the day down in the Gaelic grounds against Limerick, the year they beat them in the in the Munster League, Paddy. And I'm really sure that was 2019, the year they went up to Kilkenny and, and rolled over for them. Mm. Do you know? So like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, this is, I trust exactly what Kilkenny are going to bring. And I, I, I don't trust Cork yet. Would it, would it, it's it's fair, and I didn't trust them last week. I was talking about Dublin winning, and to be fair to Cork, they kind of they had so much so much more than they had, and they probably made a lot easier work of Dublin than Kilkenny did. That was a funny thing as well. Um, Kilkenny always looked like winning it, but it was tighter than the Cork. Cork were way ahead of of Dublin last week. You see, it's very hard for us. This is a new Cork team, um, and. This was a very, very good under-21 team, but they lost the All-Ireland and kind of battled in All-Ireland against Tipperary, you know, and that was 1-1 against the head. So if they had won that, would these be glittering players that everybody has been waiting for to come on the scene? So they did that couple of pint loss. So they could be the real deal. Um, they're so new for us that we're trying to struggle and rack our brains say, can they actually physically have what Kilkenny aren't able for? And at the minute, you'd have to say probably no. There's only one, There's one other area... I'd be concerned about and he actually did very well Robert Downey did well last week for the amount of ball that Hayes won in the full forward line for Dublin right but he won to me if a Kilkenny forward if an Owen Cody wins that ball if TJ Reid wins that, wins that amount of ball there's goals going in 
there's no doubt in my mind. I, you know, how many times did Hayes get the ball right or left at a fourteen and just couldn't get around Downey? Yeah. And fair play to him on that day. But that won't happen again. So I'm wondering how much ball is going to be won in there, and will will there be huge trouble that we're not seeing from the last couple of games? We haven't seen that will be will be present on Sunday. That's the thing. Hayes looked clueless, really, of what to do when he did get the ball. Mm. It's almost like he wanted somebody to come and help him, and you know, take the ball off him. Like I mean, from a positive from Cork. Um, Kieran Kingston said there's no secret that this group have been criticised over the last number of years for defending and for not goal scoring. So you look at their last two games, no goal from play conceded in the last two games, only a Tony Kelly penalty and five goals scored. Mm. You know, so I don't know, you can't think, are you being too harsh on Cork? Are we giving them a chance, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think probably what sets them apart this year and last year is their ability to score goals. Like They got 14 goals in the league. They certainly have much more emphasis on it. Every time they break that half hour line, they're trying to run it. You know, Shane Kingston, Jack O'Connor you said they're just putting the head down and going. And and if they can get the ball to the to the man in the right position, the likes of Hoggy and that, you know, there's certainly goals there. And look, the last day against Kilkenny, like Hoggy put on a master. Yeah. He destroyed Hugh Destroy, Lawler, didn't he? Destroyed Do you remember him, the one he caught out over yeah. his head? Yeah, and even the one in, in the first half where he took the big shoulder and hit it off his knees, like Look, we 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 know a good Hoggy. He won't so. score that this time, though. Like I mean, Hoggy. No, not even you, Hugh Lawler's turned into a serious yeah. fullback at the moment. You know, he was probably a little bit inexperienced back then. But they'll ha- look. It goes back to Watford. I think Cork have to score goals. There's no doubt about it. They're they're just going to have to rattle two or three, and and hope, as they can say, they can shut out Kilkenny down the other end. And Robert Downey has been a big plus at fullback. But as Paddy says. Um, He's going to have to maybe limit the amount of possession that those Kilkenny forwards get because if they get it, there's only one. There's only one outcome. And the last game I thought against Dublin, it was like, yes, Cork were f- so far in front, they kept him at arm's length. It was a boring game to watch. Um, you know, from a neutral perspective, you know, if you were Cork, you were happy. They were they were always doing enough and kept him at that seven eight points until Dublin made a late late burst. But it never looked like Dublin were going to actually no. really close it in, and they didn't seem to have that belief that they could do it either. So, if Cork if Cork played the same game, which I don't think they will, you know. There's only going to be one outcome there. The the Connor Brown, I'd say he he won't be back. He he uh, did a right tear on his hamstring. Does Killian Buckley come in for him, or does Kill like like I was thinking Killian Buckley might play midfield because their midfielders are taken off. Richie Reid and Richie Lahey uh, seem to be taken off first in every game. Paddy, like if Cork are going to focus in on an area where they could potentially you know have a strength, Fitzgibbon needs to spark big time and Luke Mead you know is a, is a you you don't take Luke Mead off you know so there there'd definitely be an advantage oh. for Cork there. There certainly is, um, but uh, what I always say about the middle of the field, and it's like talking about Manmark and Jimmy Barron last week, like, I just think that's a really dangerous area. Around the middle, it's your eight against their eight. I don't think it's one singular. Now, I do take the point, if your two midfielders aren't getting on the ball, um, then they're kind of, you know, they're, they're dead, dead wood on your team, so you do bring them off. But I don't know if they're going to look at it like that. I do think they'll probably have judged it on training because they had the couple of weeks break, um, because... Cody isn't going to change his belief system. It'll be whoever's sharpest in training, whoever's given the most, whoever's working the hardest will be midfield. I think Carey came on and showed as much as what a guy could have come on and, and hurled for 35 minutes the last day. So he might want his pace and his ability to stay with the cork backs. Catalan, if you think maybe, of Killian yeah. Buckley, mm. 
Yeah, if you think of Killian Buckley, you know, working through my head, uh, will he stay with Robbie O'Flynn? Like, Robbie O'Flynn is performing very well. I thought very inconsistent for his first couple of years on the panel. Now he's found that consistency along with uh, Tim O'Mahony. So I think they could go that sort of a route where they have a hardy, good marker, a lad that can drive forward. And um, But it will be interesting to see. And the more we talk about, like, you know, Dublin didn't have much more of a convincing win against, uh, or sorry, Kilkenny against Dublin and, and Wexford match against, you know, Wexford weren't performing great this year and pushed Kilkenny all the way as well. So it's probably going to be close from the team. I just think this Cork team haven't played at this intensity yet. So that's what's leaving the doubt in my mind. Yeah. You're you're leaning towards TJ going in on Downey that he, you know, he did give Hayes a lot of ball. Now yeah. he wrapped him up fairly well, but he wouldn't wrap TJ up that kind of, I presume Mellerick will pick him up if he's in the half back line. Or in the half forward line, right? Yeah, no, I'd expect that he he will go in for it'll be interesting to see what they do with Adrian Mullen because the last day they played in midfield, you know, because they looked at that Dublin midfielder midfielders and they said, Look, there's a lot of sh- shooting opportunities there. So get Mullen on the ball and he, he got two or three points and he but he two or three really poor wides as well. So right. he got a lot of shots off. And he played a midfield that day, did yeah, he? I, yeah. I didn't so, think he did. Yeah. So he was he was midfield and, and kind of filtering in and out between centre forward and midfield, but pr- predominantly midfield. So, you know, Cody's not, you know, we sometimes, you know, maybe say he's not tactically astute, but of course he is. You know, he he always tries to get their, his forward players or his big players in that in that position where he thinks he might maximise them. Um, so it'll be interesting what he does with Adrian Mullen there. You know, he could even put him centre forward if he's looking at that Mark Coleman sitting back into the pocket. Yeah. He could look at Mullen, look at the amount of shooting opportunities he could get there, straight down the centre. So it's, you know, there's... There's that variety in Kilkenny, which I think they've always had under under Cody. They name six forwards, but you just don't know where they're going to be playing. Um, and it'll be interesting to see will own Cody be playing. You know, like he ah come said, on there. No, but 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 that's Cody. You know, ah uh, he has to be starting. I, I I personally, yeah, of course I'd be starting him. He's excellent. But the way he looks at it is that he didn't really perform in the Leinster final, and it's always if the next guy puts up his hand, which James Bergen did, and he came in, scored two points, looked really lively. That's Cody. That's what he's done for the last, what, 20, 21 years, yeah. 22 years. He did years, it Colin Fenley last year, didn't he? Exactly. So he's not afraid to make those hard calls. That's the that's the one thing that sets him apart. And, like, I, I'd agree with Paddy. I think Michael Carey comes into that half-back line as well. Like, he, I'm sure he showed that that one clip of him passing out the Dublin player. Yeah. The pace of him. I like, forgot about him, actually. Yeah. Killian Buckley yeah, do you know, like, um, uh, you, you could imagine him picking up the likes of, of Conor Catlin or, or Robert Downey, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, Cody, obviously, the joke is that he doesn't do tactics. And maybe he wasn't big into huge game plans Paddy but you've always commented what he's very good at is identifying someone to put Shefflin on or mm. you know Comerford on or already Brennan on whereas like Brian's saying this weekend like you know he'll have some he'll have somewhere for TJ and Mullen and these fellas uh, He will definitely and I was just thinking there he'd love to have a Colin Fenley although we haven't mentioned him all year really they've done fine without him like he would be made for Robert Downey this weekend because if you give give him the ball and let him run at you, he goes straight by you. But look, however, that's that's not the case. I could, I mightn't, you know, I don't know will Reid go in on top of Downey because TJ Reid probably getting the ball on the edge and running past you probably isn't his, you know, his best way of getting a goal. He's more off the break and he always reads it so well. So maybe, you know, even on Cody, if he does get the start, as unbelievable as it sounds, mm. I don't know, will he go at him? Because he seemed against Wexford very strong in around the square and that he's able to shrug off a man. And I think Robert Downey is that. But there will be a mismatch of sorts at some stage. Um, and that's what, and in fairness to Kilkenny, that's what they do. There's inexperience in the Cork full back line. And I expect, you know, a couple of the big hitters to be in there for, for, for at least a portion of the day. We were talking on Monday about uh, Jack O'Connor and how the crowd love him and everything now. But, 
Like he's very predictable and he ends up nearly all the time coming in the end line with no angle to shoot at. Mm. You'd imagine Kilkenny will be talking about this the whole time. Like, I mean, is he a danger running in that end line? You know, what does he need to do there, Brian? To, like, does, he, does he need to cut in the field and come on his other side? Like, he tried to smash a ball overhead from, yeah. the, from the end line. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's all right the crowd get up on their feet and it, like if he does that a few times they go oh god this lad's no end pro-. you know like yeah. he has scored a couple of goals mm. but I think Kilkenny will defend that I don't think that would scare Kilkenny all that much No and they'll they'll get back in numbers as well like yeah. they're brilliant at, at, at manning that square and, and just making sure that they don't get in there and another thing there's no doubt about it, he'll be folded up <laughs> like no but seriously like the last day Leach in you know he's caused like a couple of games ago he's, he's caused Kilkenny a lot of problems you know folded up in the first half and like Jackie Turtle was afraid to do with Shane McCallan either I'm not saying it's dirty and people said oh you know what are you saying it is I'm saying they do what needs to take to win do you know what I mean if Jack O'Connor's going to be buzzing around this that place and, and he leaves himself wide open he's going to be put a stop to so he'll like, go around Tommy Walsh on the outside come a little lane line and Parik Walsh will come across and he'll be stuck into Hill 16 ex- exactly that's my point and like he's doing exactly what any good full back line or any good half back line are going to do that's the, that's the edge that's why I talked about Gerard Hegarty a couple of, a couple of uh, shows ago you know he hits late and hits hard and like yes yes it like he knows exactly what he's doing but you've got to do these things if you want to win so like it's I think that same same sort of thing Jack O'Connor will know he's in a game he won't be a, let skip around lads like that yeah. if he does it once great it, 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 if we go back and reference that game two years ago Cork really troubled Kilkenny in that first half yeah. you know Alan Cadigan caused a lot of trouble as well he got a goal their pace was unbelievable a half time was set up god they're really troubling Kilkenny and Kilkenny came out and met it into a battle in the second half and Cork had no answer so it could be something similar to this weekend Yeah What do you take of the, the Jack O'Connor uh, pint um, Paddy? Well I think it's a, it's a point well made in terms of he gets the ball he likes to turn around um, to his left um, and run at you on the outside and the reason he wants to go on the outside is because there's space out there and he knows if it's a foot race he's going to beat you um, if I was him which I'm not and he's getting a, he's a bit older now but taking a couple of scores cutting back in and taking a couple of scores on your right side is probably probably a good idea there because then they can't assume where you're going but if you're a head down player all the time as Brian was saying, you run down the inside and if I'm the centre-back or the wing-back, I'm coming across and I'm hoping that you you have so much blinkers on you don't even see me coming. And, you know, if you can get a legal hit, you know, if you can get a, one that isn't a free, you'll plant him hard as you can, which is fine. But there's no back be afraid to take a yellow card um, if you can hit him a good a good shot. And um, But the other thing is, you know, will we see Paddy Deegan on him uh, in there? There's two, there's a couple more factors. Number one, will we see Paddy Deegan put over on him? I personally probably would. I think Hugh Lawler will be on Hoggy. Um, and the other thing I'd be wondering, is that ball going to go into Jack O'Connor? You know, not to disrespect him, but I think a ground ball or a ball this high, very, very good at. But I, I'd like to see it now. If the if the Cork backs midfield are forced, you know, by this intensity to kill any guys to hit it over their shoulder, hit it under pressure, then I think, you know, the likes of a Jack O'Connor is going to have a really long day at the office. Yeah. Has has Hoggy a new role, Brian, with, with Jack O'Connor kind of getting a lot of those balls into that space? I remember Hoggy, even I interviewed him, he told me he, like, he likes to break out mm. to the left-hand side, turn around and put it over his shoulder. But that's kind of where Jack O'Connor is. You know, is he is he being starved of a little bit of ball to 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 supply Jack O'Connor a little bit? Yeah, he probably is. Being honest, and again, it goes back to the change in emphasis in Cork further out the field. They're carrying so much more ball. They're pop hand passing, and 
like while little ball is going in it's probably Jack O'Connor's movement um, is getting him onto the, those balls that are being struck in and you know Patrick Horgan we probably haven't seen him at the at the top of his game that we've seen the last couple of years either so he's not getting on, on near as much ball I'd probably Paddy's the cornerback he probably knows more about it than me but I'd be looking at maybe uh, Paddy Deegan actually going on Shane Kingston um, in, in terms of physicality um, why he's in Tommy Walsh coming over and Jack O'Connor but look Paddy's looking at it the other way in the mismatch so it's you know again it's interesting to see what way Kilkenny will look at that um, or will Kilkenny do what they always do and just whoever, whoever comes the, in on them do you know what I mean like so it's it's that's that's the thing with Kilkenny and they're seeing if they're not good enough to mark whoever comes in them it's, it's just not good enough the only time they've ever really got matchups is when the likes of Tipperary in the replays where they've learned from replays that they said right oh hold on a second now they've burnt us the last day we need to get our matchups right yeah. other than that they just seem to hurl exactly what's in front of them yeah exactly like I mean how like will will Hoggy kind of fancy it against Hugh Lawler after the last day um you know, Paddy or Shane Kingston comes out the field, and it'll be just two on two in there. Like, would you be leaving Deegan in there then for the experience and let Tommy Walsh go out? You, you're obviously saying that. I, th- I think personally, I think Jack O'Connor is more of a danger than uh, Kingston. I think Kingston is a great finisher. Don't get me wrong; I think he's an excellent finisher, and you need those as well. But I don't think he's a very good ball winner, and I think he takes a lot of wrong options. He runs when he shouldn't. He mm. shoots on the side sometimes when he shouldn't. Comes off a lot of the time, but. I, I think on the whole he's not as dangerous as Jack O'Connor when Jack O'Connor gets it his goal in his mind he's a, to me he's a more consistent touch uh, he's harder if the ball is coming in you know winnable at all and the man is on his back he's not bad to win it either uh, so to me I try and eliminate that with Paddy Deegan straight away and I think Tommy Walsh would do a pretty stand up job of stopping Kingston on primary balls he might be able to stop him if it's a hand pass over the head but not any corner back can at that stage so I think that's the way to go and, and with Hoggy um, I don't think it's any harm he's he's getting less ball I think he's a great player obviously I marked him and he's, he's a fantastic player but that's what was wrong with Cork in my opinion we were focusing on Horgan he's getting a couple of balls he's popping him over the bar you're focusing on Lahan he's getting a couple of balls he's going on his own he's popping him over the bar to me there was no giant up thinking there was no let's assist let's let's break a tackle get a ball through for a goal um, Alan Cadigan was the same so while they were scoring mountains of pints they they weren't scoring enough goals and the other thing was those players had no interest in going back to field and tackling really outside of their own little zone and I think Harrity you'd say he had a dip in form I think that's because he was trying to do the work of two or three men in that forward line I think now you see him the last couple of games although he's hitting wides he's involved in a team where everybody's working together and that includes Robbie O'Flynn he's running with the ball he knows his role and the management knew that as well and I think um, Kingston dropped Horgan don't forget two or three years ago and it really oh, upped, league, he yeah. upped his game straight away. He did, and it, he upped his game to a new level after that. So I think there are no doubt you're part of a team with this, and if that means getting less ball, then so be it. Yeah, it's, it definitely seems to be. Uh, we'll have a look at the benches just to finish up because they are a big part of the game, mm. and now Cody's using a bench yep. for the first time in a long time. So Carey's not going to be on the bench. We reckon he's going to start now mm. instead of Connor Brown. They'll have Alan Murphy, Killian Buckley, uh, Walter Walsh, James Bergen. It's a solid bench, and we know the two big impacts that Cork have off the bench is young Barrett, and Connolly, I'm Connolly for me is the very same as Pat Ryan. Why is he only getting to six, yeah, seven minutes instead I can't of understand it? Yeah, well, like, and I know I'm kind of in love with him since I seen him play that that county final with Black Rock. Like he's just he has something special, yeah. you know, and he's able to win high ball as well. Like yeah. the, he he's, got two goal, or got a goal against Tipperary in the league where mm. he won a couple of huge high balls. Yeah, when he came on. You do, I, it's, it's a head scratcher. Like six, seven minutes, very hard to make an impact. Don't start me because I'm giving out about this every week. <laughs> <laughs> and I de- I definitely agree with you. Like. 
Um, you know, look, if you look at who's starting, I think, look, I think Shane Kingston does deserve a start. And in fairness to Kieran, he's never afraid to whip him off. He nearly, yeah, I, yeah. I'd say he's nearly guilty of actually whipping him off yeah. even when he's going well. I know. To be fair to him, he, the one um, weakness in Shane Kingston's, and, and Paddy kind of touched on it there, is he, he, he has the head down too much. He doesn't see passes sometimes when they're on. I don't know, is that greediness or just doesn't have the. Uh, I don't the think perif- he doesn't perif- 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 Yeah. So it's. it's if he if he brought that side to his game, Cork could could even score more up front because he's a very direct runner. He's one of the fastest players out there. Um, we probably just don't see it enough. But uh, yeah, I uh, I love Alan Connolly. I think I think he's top class. But he, he's sub number two, like you know, yeah. that's, you know Barrett. But in fairness, Barrett is excellent. He's probably that little bit more consistent. But they're they're two serious forwards to be able to bring into that team. Yeah, well, Sean O'Leary Hayes came on the last day. Colin Spillane is back in the mix. So geez, they're not shy on the bench Ooh, either. Yeah. Cork, like I mean, will Damien Catalan be back? I don't know. Like and Owen Cadigan could yeah. be back as well. I Owen think Cadigan was on the bench. Last day, so, oh, well, so, so yeah, so like they, they they certainly have a lot more experience there. You know, it's that's that's one thing about Cork. They, they probably learnt that lesson from when Limerick beat them in two thousand eighteen or nineteen or eighteen. Yeah, sorry, in the, in that extra time where they just didn't have it, and they were trying to bring back on players as well. So since then, like, there's been that emphasis on building that panel. They certainly have it at the moment, but they'll need to use them and I think they'll need to use them a lot sooner because they'll be hoping obviously that they start 100 miles an hour you know they're running Kilkenny ragged that they're trying to really turn Kilkenny on the back foot and then to have those subs to come in and try and you know push it home Yeah exactly right Paddy predictions we'll start, we'll start with you this is a bit more difficult one obviously yeah, I think a lot more difficult. And actually, the more we talk about it, I adjusted in my head that, you know, Kilkenny were going out working. But Kilkenny haven't been overly uh, convincing either this year. They still have holes in their team. Um, but I would just pick them because we know exactly what we're going to get out of them in terms of effort yeah. and intensity. Um, this Cork team is still a team that they have to reach another level to get over this match. Like they have to, we have to see a level of aggression out of them, um, animalistic stuff that we haven't seen already. So I'd be very interested to see, I'd just say Kilkenny, just on that track record of against Cork and against teams who play a lot of, you know, fancier hurling, I suppose. Uh, but Kilkenny uh, by a few points, I think. Yeah, Brian? From the start of this year, I've just had this inkling that's going to be Limerick-Kilkenny final. Um, and if I've been brutally honest being a neutral I'd love to see a Limerick Kilkenny final I just think we'd see an all out warfare and, and <laughs> I, I think it's been added a little bit of spice has been there since 2019 as well when Limerick pipped them or Kilkenny pipped Limerick yeah. sorry um, and that controversy at the end as well so I'd just love to see it and I'd be the exact same as Paddy my thought process would be the exact same in terms of that work rate intensity um, of that Kilkenny team and just the way they were able to perform against Wexford I think it was well well documented from the outset that that game was huge between Wexford and Kilkenny. I think while Wexford weren't good against Clare for 45 minutes, I thought they threw the kitchen sink at Kilkenny and it took a phenomenal performance Kenny, to get over that line against Wexford. So I think Kilkenny have that ability and they've shown it over the last couple of years that they can raise their game to a level that we just haven't seen from Cork yet. Yeah. Well, the beauty is we could see it but someday. that's the thing Brian just to, just to finish up is that the smart I've agreed smart money's Uncle Kenny mm. but on Monday if we're in here saying that Cork team has come of age yeah. now we, you know like would <laughs> yeah, you be yeah. surprised if you said no, that you wouldn't. you wouldn't no you wouldn't yeah. no no and the thing is if they won that 
if they can beat this Kilkenny team yeah. like they're gunning to get back at Limerick you know so but they wouldn't want to do a Tipperary and be focusing on Limerick <laughs> <laughs> no no definitely not right so we're, we're all in agreement here today let's three Kilkenny's it's, and three uh, that's rare is wonderful we're kind of half sitting on the fence by saying you wouldn't be surprised though if Cork yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> right we'll leave it there Les thanks very much um, we'll, we'll be back on Monday we'll obviously review geez second last Monday show the season's gone um, way too fast we'll be back on Monday and we'll talk to you all then good luck no such thing as a media ban we don't have a media ban ah, you do no we don't a donkey and eat and a donkey and eat a palace there's nothing else keep he was massive legs <laughs> ass built but I burst out laughing watching <laughs> <laughs>